0: Welcome to Long Story Short Podcast where we reveal short stories of an active living god who shows up in everyday life You paid the price for all the world to me You paid the price for all the world to see for those who choose you now, Shalom. 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 oh, I
1: wish Welcome back see.
0: to Long Story Short Podcast. This is podcast number six, and I'm your host, Brent Severson, along with my wife, Lisa. Uh I'm introducing our next podcast speaker to you today. His name is Les. It's our friend Les. Uh he lives here in town with us and um we've been working for a while to get his story put together. Um my wife Lisa is feeling a little under the weather, so it'll just be me introducing the our introducing Les to you today. Uh, but what we wanted to do is let you know that we're taking a little bit of a different approach to the podcast. Um we recorded this podcast in an interview format. Uh, this was a, a request by Les himself. He was more comfortable uh, doing a, an interview format to tell his story. And as a result, we've uh, broken up his story into two parts. So we'll do uh, Less podcast number one, and then there'll be um, a Less story podcast number two after that. Uh, we kind of broke it up into two parts and you'll hear in part one, Les will talk about his testimony to you as to how he came to know the Lord and, uh, the ramifications that had for him at the time and what it meant for him in his job, uh, uh, his role as a police officer in Britain. Um, and then, um, in podcast number two, we'll introduce that one to you next time, um, We'll talk a little bit about how God's redemptive power in Les's life has led him to um, his uh, his work in music. Um, Speaking of the music, it's Les's music that you hear on our bumper music here in um, in Long Story Short podcast. Um, You know, in the introduction and and all of the uh, podcast date, we've uh, had the permission of Les and his um, singing partner. Uh, they form the group Sons of Abbey, and, uh, they are the ones who have been uh, gracious enough to provide their music for the podcast to date. And we really appreciate that. So without saying any more, let's introduce Les to you. Um, just to set the stage for you in this, uh, in our conversation, we got together, uh, at their home. Um, they are Messianic Jewish believers uh the living as a as a messianic jew uh has helped less tremendously uh with his identity as he uh will explain that he learned uh that he uh was a uh, his identity was a jew um and he real he didn't discover that until later in his life but that discovery has been part of the story that god has told in his life and it's really helped um uh, in the redemptive power of of, of uh, Yeshua, in uh, the life of of Les and in restoring Les back um, to himself, and so uh, we got together, said a Hebrew prayer before dinner, and once the dishes were cleared, we sat around the table with some candles flickering, and uh, just turned on the recorder and allowed Les to start telling the story. So. um that's how um, we will start it out, and so you may hear a few uh, dishes uh, clanking in the background, but that's okay. Um, just think of yourself as being at the table with us as Les unfolds the story for you. So I mean, when you think about it, Les, in your um, you know in your story, when you think about things like the the Catholic man who pr- yeah. said a prayer for you and then a few days later you found yourself being saved. Yeah. Um were there other stories like that that you can think of where now that yeah. you have the opportunity
1: to kind of think back with 2020 vision? Oh, and yeah. see. yeah I think so. So what happened uh, I was a healthy young man as I thought and I was actually on a day shift and I was in my bed and it was just after six in the morning. Ding, ding, ding on the alarm clock. And I look at the alarm clock and I couldn't see one alarm clock. I could see two. And it was kind of weird, you see, because there's a low image in my in my um, uh, brain. And like sort of a different image a few feet away. I didn't know which was which was uh, which. And I got out of bed. And I just uh, went down on the floor in a heap. There were balance. i just had completely gone. And the doctor came uh, later in the day. And he said to me, oh, you've got the myalgia or something He called it. He said, and this could happen any time again in your life. It's just one of those those things. I was really upset because I was a healthy young man. I was a heavy drinker, I might add. And as a matter of fact, I think, It was after a drinking binge. You got this, got this thing, Uh, and I began to think about uh, life. And this is a cliche, you know. (laughs) I was thinking to myself, what is the point of life? You know, because I could wake up in the morning, and be sick in my case, and I lose my job and everything. I was a police officer. And of course, if you're a police officer, you have to be, uh, you know, sort of fairly fit and well uh, to keep your job. I was really upset about that, and and the Catholic guy just uh, prayed for me about this time, you know, just before that. And I was off uh, for six or seven uh, weeks in bed, and uh, the eyesight, I mean, did, you know, just uh, fade back onto normal eventually, and it got better, and the thing was, I felt like I was has a changed man as a different man inside because I've suddenly been awakened onto something else mm. and not just uh, you know being a police officer, being a father, being a husband, and being a heavy drinker all mixed into one there was something else I was missing uh, and that that 's a cliche you know, and I felt like uh, that anyway, and the thing was I checked into all kinds of things I looked into a different different um, faiths I looked into Buddhism, and uh, meditation. Uh, spiritism, I checked out everything. And as a while after that, I was a squash player and my friend over the street sort of knocked on the door one day. He said, oh, would you like a game of squash? You see, so I went and played squash with him and we're talking afterwards and he said, are you better? You know, I'm getting better. And we're playing the game and then we went up into the bar afterwards uh, and in the bar, so we're having a drink and then my friend was asking me, <laughs> her friend said, are you feeling better? You know, you're doing well. I said, yeah, I said, I feel, um, just kind of weird as if there's something opened up in the spiritual realm. but I'm not sure what it is and I'm missing something. And my friend was a Christian seeing I didn't know he was a Christian. Mm. Ah. And uh, so he witnessed in the bar and they spoke all these things of the gospel, you know, which I'd never heard, I don't think in my life, you know, because I was a heathen man. I was just a yeah, worldly, sort of a fleshy man, kind of thing. I, I was a bit of a brute. I was violent and uh, nasty and everything. And he just spoke of the gospel, and I just believed it on the spot. And uh, my friend was in the church, and he invited me there, and that's how I, how I was saved. Hmm. And uh, the way I was saved, actually, I mean, it did open up, and I received the Lord there, I'm sure, but I went as actually, there's a service in his church and the guy was an invited speaker and they've been there a few times and the people are normally speaking you know, for 30 or 40 minutes and give a message you know and it was really green and the bible I didn't really think about the bible and you know where the books were or the names of the books or the bible or anything it was just you know it's just pagan uh, really and uh, the guy he gets up and he says um he said, I'm not going to speak very long. He said, are you a son of the devil or of God? <laughs> and that was all he said, kind of thing. You know, I was just so convicted I was a son of the devil. Wow. I was so convicted and I cried out. I never said a prayer in my life, you know. And I stood up and prayed, you know, and just said, I want to be with you. I want to be one with your flesh and my flesh. And that was all I knew how to, 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 uh, to uh, uh, pray. And then... It's just like a washing feeling inside like a cleansing inside of a water flowing through my body and I, I just felt i washed inside i could see a fountain in my mind's eye i could see a fountain and uh, the lord said your soul it will be like a watered garden yes and i didn't i didn't even know that was in the bible <laughs> i just knew nothing about the bible and then i was suddenly in a black area it was a, a, just like a vision, except it was real. I was just in a black, black, a really dark, dark, um, um, uh, place. Oh, actually this happened before the water so like there's, there's just first, you have to edit that, but, you know. uh, but just in a really black, it was like a dome, a black, black, uh, dome, uh, just completely, uh, dark and black and, it's just like a door opened in the far side and you can see a blinding light and I looked over and there's a man in the doorway, you can see everything about him except his face and he was in there white uh, kind of robes and waved at me he beckoned as if he wanted me there and in the vision I walked over and walked and walked in the door and there was a blinding light and uh, that's when the the uh, water washing it's just like I said streams of water going through my body in a cleansing uh, way. I could see a fountain and the voice said to me, Your soul it will be like a watered garden and I didn't even know that was in the Bible. You know, I knew nothing about the Bible or anything. I was just a yeah I was just a. Was just a, was just a heathen pagan, you know, and uh that kind of changed my life on the spot. I was never the same again, <laughs> again you know. And so and how old were you when this happened? Um, At 30. Mm-hmm. Just about 30, I think. Yeah, so.
0: And then, so what happened in the days
1: following this, this episode? Uh, well, the thing was, you said was a police officer, and of course, if a police officer is a Bible puncher, you're very unpopular. <laughs> uh, because the police officers are very sort of earthy and they're fleshy. And it is uh, the old boy culture, you know, where you go out. And you drink after the shift you know, and you and chase after women and, and watch the porno movies and that kind of things, that kind of lifestyle and I walked away from all that. I was just, I was just a different uh, man. So I had uh, quite a difficult time in the police force uh, for many years, you know, when friends had just uh, sort of ostracized me and, and everything and I had quite a hard time uh, for several years. And eventually I built up a strength in the Lord and I could just do the best thing. Yeah. And I was okay with it. But I mean at the beginning it was very difficult.
0: Because so there's difficulty because uh there's sort of a culture that's built up yeah. and a past. Yeah. And now suddenly there's a change.
1: Yeah. And uh, did they ask you what had changed? Or oh, what... yeah, I was always uh, witnessing to everyone. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. <laughs> and I was stopped uh, witnessing I was doing it. Even there, my inspector got the gospel, you know, everyone got the gospel from the inspector down to the constables. Uh-huh. And uh, the superintendent's on Staff Appraisal League every year. And you see the superintendent, and he got the gospel as well. Everyone got the gospel. <laughs> And so I was very unpopular for many years and uh, then it calmed down a bit. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing ever kind of calmed down after many years. I was a bit more easygoing going with people, but, um, and the people used to talk about me because I'd meet people i had not seen there for several years. I'd go to court and meet someone, they'd go, Oh, here you've got religion. You know, So yes, I must've gone all around the force because, um, I was a major sort of a heavy drinker and I had a bad uh, reputation uh, for being a violent man and a bad man and was changed and uh, so people started asking me about it too.
0: Did you, did anyone ever respond to your sharing of the gospel?
1: I'm afraid not very much now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a difficult uh, sort of uh, mission field there I think. Mm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you didn't say there weren't any there. So there were some response. Yeah, some people have responded. As a while, I was at the sergeants in the jail, you know, I booked all the prisoners in. I used to share the gospel often with the prisoners in the cell and that kind of thing. And there's some people that responded and got saved in the cell. So the prisoners themselves responded. Yeah. And not the policemen so much, but uh, the prisoners were certainly... Have you been arrested and are you... And you're lying on the floor in a cell on your own, you know, you're at a low ebb and you're vulnerable in the right sense, you know, where you can hear the voice of God, I believe, you know. And that's how I used to witness, and I share the gospel with lots of prisoners, <laughs> and that they're a captive audience, <laughs> and so they were at a
0: low point, they yeah. were ready to receive. Yeah, so when you received, what was the low point? Do you um, think what, sickness?
1: Uh huh. I was so upset over being. Uh, sick you know because it was such a shock to me as a perfectly well as a healthy young man i thought you know i was a very fit at the time you know <clears throat> excuse me i was active in that and uh, the sickness was a real uh, life changer for me because it was like a there's a path all laid out so i knew my life <clears throat> i was a young sergeant in the police department you know i was doing well i was ambitious so like my wife and my children you know i had home i bought my house and how the car, you know, was doing good. well, if you like in the worldly sense, everything was going, uh, uh, good. I felt as if I'd lost it overnight with that sickness, I felt like I'd lost everything because all the certainty in quotes of my life at the time was just completely gone. I was just uncertain about the uh, future and what was going to happen to me. And I was aware about something maybe like in the spiritual realm had gone on, you know, I knew in my heart of hearts, kind of it was a spiritual thing and not a physical thing. I remember having a conversation with a friend. I said, I said to him, I got this uh, sickness and I feel like it's a warning uh, from God and I don't even believe in God. <laughs> That's what I said to him. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, so, so it was a difficult time in my life.
0: Thank you, Les, for sharing uh, the first part of your story with us, introducing us uh, to your story through uh, the initial um, testimony of where the Lord met you, how you came to know Yeshua as your Savior uh, by the um, the work of your friend uh, who was a believer and who shared the gospel with you. and how god spoke to you in that moment and you recognized uh his voice and and uh, the gospel as the true uh the truth um we know that this sharing this particular part of the story and and the the, in the 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 continuation of your story in the next podcast was a difficult um endeavor for you to take and we really appreciate you um being brave and and going through with it and inviting us over and giving us the opportunity to, uh, extend the, um, um, the format of long story short podcast a little bit differently through this interview, um, uh, around the dinner table, uh, just as a preview for part two of, uh, Les's podcast, you'll hear how the redemptive power of Yeshua in his life, in Les's life Um, has allowed him to uh, explore his talent as a musician um, and give back to uh, the Lord um, in his work in the Sons of Avi, his music group. Um, And uh, you also hear how just because Uh, he, Les had started a relationship with the Lord. It didn't mean that his struggle and his spiritual warfare that was taking place, uh, in Les's life wasn't over yet. And that, uh, the redemptive power of Yeshua in his life was going to be met with the full force of, uh, our enemy, um, our collective enemy. Um, Satan just loves to, um, he he comes to kill destroy and to steal and certainly he had his um crosshair set on less uh, as he as less began to try to grow in his faith um as a believer and you'll hear that in next time in part two of long story short podcast thanks for tuning in uh, we' appreciate your shares your likes uh, on Facebook uh, via Twitter we appreciate you listening on the long story web webpage We know that you're listening there or you're uh, potentially downloading it onto your phone or your tablet and listening to it later but our next step in the evolution of long story short podcast is we'll be getting the podcast out. Uh, via the iTunes feed and so uh, we just want to set that up for you and let you know that we are working on that so thanks again for listening and we'll talk to you soon for your
1: light the glory of has risen over you shine your wish light